When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. of horror movie night and then how about you open up your ears dildos because this week we're getting nailed with 1986's trick-or-treat adam's back in black i'm on the highway to hell and scott's asking who made who special thanks to scott this week for allowing the producers of this film to use his childhood bedroom as a set now let's get our turntables out and really fuck up our favorite records as we will ri- rewind to the 80s with this perfect so <laughs> obviously obviously adam wrote that like there's no question there yeah no. <laughs> but i was thinking the same thing <laughs> like as i'm watching the movie i'm like i bet this is what scott's bedroom used to look like i didn't i no man because it, it wasn't the 80s my bedroom was actually a, it was a wood paneling so it's not that far off but the posters that I had up were Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, keep in mind, this is because I worked at a, a video store, so I, I, would, I, would be, I had first dibs on these. So The Matrix, Blair Witch Project, shit. That's I can't remember what else. But like, those were the, but they were contemporary posters. So no Metalhead posters because I didn't go to my first concert until I was like 17 or 18, and it was Blink-182. I, I didn't go to my first metal show until I was like 19 in okay. college. Okay. So, yeah, I never I never got metalhead swag when I was growing up in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> so, I, I am not the same as this kid. This kid well, basically lived a dream. Way, way to pussyfy my, my like, my imagined version of you. <laughs> I think that's kind of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into what this movie's about a little bit. This one wasn't the longest write-up that I've ever had to do, because the movie's pretty pretty simple. So the movie opens with this teenager named Eddie, but his nickname is Ragman, writing a fan I wish letter. I would have explained that, though. There's no explanation like, to it at all. Like I, I thought they were saying Raghead a lot at the beginning of this movie, and I was like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and like the fucking letter that he's writing is like borderline stalker letter. Like he signs it, your best friend forever, <laughs> Ragman. Like hey, that. man, I wrote you three, three more letters, but you still ain't calling. I yeah. know I wrote the address up the last He is literally the metal version of Stan. From the, <laughs> it's fucking bad. But he's writing to uh, Sammy Carr. Sammy Kerr. 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 Is his favorite musician who happens to come from his hometown. Which I don't know. I, feel, I mean, Scott, you're you're from a town with a lot of bands. I feel like most of the local dudes tend to fucking hate the the popular band from their town. Like I, I'm not really buying that he's like the number one fan. Let's assume that the '80s were a different time. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is an alternate reality where I would want to go play my high school. You know. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay so so. So that brings us to this point. Sammy is supposed to play the high school dance, but he's banned for his satanic performances. And it's around this time that Eddie discovers that Sammy has died in a bizarre hotel fire, which I have an issue with. Do either one of you feel like Sammy definitely should have committed suicide instead of died in a fire? Like, I feel like that. Yes. Here is the way that I will make you feel better. Make make you feel better about this. Let's just go along with the concept that it was misreported in that newscast. That he did set the entire thing on fire. Well, like kill himself. He, even if that's it, like I just felt like if he killed himself, it would also make the scene where Eddie's like angrily tearing down all the posters make a little bit more sense to me too. Like I don't know, yeah. Like, because then it's like, oh, you fucking asshole! But it's like it's not his fault that he died in a fire. He didn't. Well, I mean, he might have, but I mean, it doesn't seem to imply anything other than like, yeah, this fucking weird hotel fire happened. So then the star of the movie, Gene Simmons, hands Eddie, the, <laughs> <laughs> gives uh, Eddie the, the last ever Coast record. Star. Uh, gives Eddie the uh, last ever recorded demo of Sammy. And that's when Eddie discovers that he can communicate with Sammy by playing the record back. Oh, well, really, all he has to do is scratch the ever loving shit out of him. <laughs> But hey, I mean, it's not it's like it's the last break. copy on okay. Earth or anything. Yeah. Just, just running fucking backwards and at different <laughs> speeds and stuff. Go ahead, go ahead. It's no big deal. <laughs> so, uh, at, at first, Sammy helps Eddie get revenge on the bullies at school, and it's fairly innocent. But then soon, Sammy is kind of demanding Eddie to kill, and Eddie refuses. But it's... but the thing is, is that he I don't understand why he's like he needs Eddie's help because I'm pretty sure that he can kill everybody he wants from beyond the grave. Well, first, first, Soda needs to pour in a record player to cause Sammy to come to life. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> he, he needed Eddie to pour that soda by mistake. So Eddie destroys his record player, hoping that it will stop Sam, and he is grounded for destroying it. So he asks his friend Roger, who is without a doubt the best character in the movie, the one scene where he's just staring at a cheerleader putting up a sign, <laughs> literally made me laugh out loud while <laughs> sitting in my living room. And so then you sweet. mentioning it just reminded me, and I, I was like, up, oh, up, oh, yep, I'm gonna have to laugh at that out loud as well. <laughs> hey, so I love the fact that his nerd, quote unquote, nerd friend is such a nerd that he can actually like explain. He he knows all of Sammy Kerr's music, yeah, and he can he can and he can go through it. And he knows, like, the terminology, and then he just deadpans it. Yeah. That character is so good. Like, I've seen this movie four times now, and the first three times, I never caught how awesome that character was. So this time around, I got it. Now, Roger's the shit. And Roger has to steal the cassette tape that Eddie had made so that the main bully, Tim, doesn't listen to it and die. 
He asks Roger to steal it and destroy it. But Roger gets curious and decides to listen to the tape, which brings Sammy to him, now demanding that Roger play the tape at the Halloween dance, which causes Sammy to return. Everyone thinks it's a tribute to the dead rocker until he starts killing the audience, which I thought was weird because everyone picks on Eddie for being a metalhead, and then they are all unreasonably excited about this metal musician. <laughs> like, like I'm like, wait, I guess, what? Let's just imagine that it's because of Sammy Kerr's, like, otherworldly powers. Let's just assume that, okay? Okay, so here's a quick question for you before I move on, by the way, because I do have this one note written down. Did the did the other did either one of you notice the fucking rap song that's playing at the dance when Roger's like trying to set up the tape? Cause yeah, it, it's awesome. It's like the rap at the end of Monster Squad. Like it's just like Dracula and da da da. Like it's like the most <laughs> fucking like forty year old white guy rapping over a beat for like no, a no, rap no. song. That was that was the shit. That was what hip hop was in 1988, okay? Or 86. Do you not remember, like, Freddy, the, the Freddy rap? Or oh, I remember rap it. The- it's like Dracula no, 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 and Freddy okay. 2, the creatures swimming in the swimming pool. Let me finish the concept here, though. So we got trick or treat rap, we got monster spot rap, we got Freddy rap, and we got. Um, uh, there's waxwork to rap. So I mean, it was pretty much kind of a trope. Let's let's keep in mind. There's two Freddy raps. There's the fat boys. <laughs> there's the one the fat boys did, and there's the one that Fresh Prince did. Need I remind you too that uh, Lou Guru at the end of the movie howls at the moon, and it smash cuts to Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. <laughs> so that's still going on today like (laughs) although let's just be real wolf cop rap is nowhere near as good as trick-or-treat rap no no nothing will ever be as good as that i I was like why can't i find out what this song's called because i would download it and own it right now so anyway eddie Eddie realizes that Sammy can travel via radio signals and begins destroying every radio that he sees until he eventually traps Sammy into a car and sends it over an unfinished bridge. Uh, And that is the end of this heavy metal film. So I kept making references to this movie starring Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. And that's actually in reference to, and I will post a picture on the Facebook page of this, the copy that I own of Trick or Treat, the cover is literally just Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons. Yeah, that's what it shows on, like, IMDb, and if you Google this and everything, that's what always comes up. And they're both (laughs) super side ancillary characters that have no more than one scene apiece. So it says across the top, Trick or Treat, starring Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. And uh, I bought this when I lived in L.A. There's a a record-slash-used DVD store there called Amoeba Records that, like, if you're ever in California... Everybody knows about Amoeba Records. You've got to go at least once. It's it's insane how much shit they have in there. But I saw this DVD, and they were selling it for $25 because it was out of print. But I, I bought it, and I'm embarrassed to say that the only reason I bought it was because of the note that one of the employees had pasted on the front of the DVD case. Like, it was a post-it note on there that just said, Just a heads up, Trick or Treat is, in fact, the greatest heavy metal horror film since Shock'em Dead, but it does not star Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> and, like, when I went to pay for it, I'm like, can I keep the post-it note? <laughs> so I still have this, like, five-year-old post-it note 
stuck to the cover of my copy of Trick or Treat because that was kind of the biggest reason why I wanted to purchase it. But this movie's fairly cool because it, beyond being like a, a pretty decent little like 80s horror film, it does a really good job of playing an homage to a lot of like the the controversial like PMRC hearings and like the Judas Priest Ozzy Osbourne controversies and you know the the playing records backwards to hear messages from from the devil and stuff it's really kind of fucking smart and it's weird that it was directed by the fucking geek from American Graffiti who uh who appears yeah, awesome he appears as the principal at the uh dance wearing the Groucho Marx notes Oh, no wonder he looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's passing, the toad from. Uh, was like that guy looks familiar. Yeah. Well, that was because he looked like Groucho Marx at the time. Yeah, he just that that was actually was not a mask. <laughs> um, and the only other note I have here, the only other note I have here is just a direct quote from the movie, which I, I guess I missed in previous. Uh, but the fucking Ozzy Osbourne scene, where the interviewer's like. So uh, this album, do it like a dog. Now, now that's about animal behaviors, correct? <laughs> is uh, is probably my favorite line of the movie. I think this movie is the most sober I've ever seen Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, man, he had a lot of lines that he he, he hit him out of the park. Good, good job, buddy. Yeah, he and he seemed to get the satire. Uh, I feel like you'd have to. I don't know, but you're not Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> like... No, you're right. I am not Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, Our podcast Osbourne would be way more popular if you of... were. <laughs> All right, can we just talk about how incredible the music in this movie is? It was all written by Fastway. Yeah, it's uh, fucking the great. soundtrack is just hair metal gold. Um, I have it. I, I mean, anybody with any kind of self-respect should. So that was that's just great. But Matt, when you bought your copy of Trick or Treat in California, I, I think that they did you a disservice. Because, no, this is not the greatest metal exploitation film since Shock 'em Dead. Also, I'm pretty sure Shock 'em Dead came out after this. I'm not sure. But I, I really am going to have to stick with my guns. The best metal exploitation horror film is Black Roses. And I know after Black Jackie. Roses! See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to disagree. Me against the world! <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with I you. I watched that state too. It's so good. I promise you, it is better. <laughs> I, I disagree with you, but I won't tell you what I think is the better one because it was what I watched this week. So I'll, I'll wait oh, until we get there. Suspense for another thirty minutes. Okay, that's oh, fine. Yeah. I, can, I can. You can just. You can be like my high school girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? The weird thing is that that these those two movies get compared so much that I went on IMDb earlier today and I was like, I was looking at the reviews for um, Trick or Treat. And ninety percent of the reviews, the title was just "fuck Black Roses." Like they just like, <laughs> so so. It's kind of turned into like a Megadeth versus Metallica thing with horror fans. It's like you can't like yeah. both. Goddamn God metalheads! And I sure do. <laughs> hey guys, do you remember that one time that I wrote a uh, an article for Geekscape about the best heavy metal songs in horror films? Yeah, both of these movies were in it, <laughs> right near the top. Except number one, which obviously Dream Warriors, because that is the greatest hair metal song of all time. Yes, one hundred percent. Can't disagree. Sign sealed, delivered. It's yours. <laughs> it's your mind. <laughs> um, also, when I was watching Black Roses, I realized something that I hadn't realized in a previous viewing of this film. Black Roses had a much smaller budget. I mean, it might have. They might have spent more money on the movie, but. 
I mean, the effects in Trick or Treat are actually much better in in comparison because the the best part about Black Roses has to be, and I don't know how long it's been since either of you guys have watched it, but um, I definitely needed the refresher. The best part for me was like the very beginning when they're singing Me Against the World in, in like, uh, I think it was supposed to be New York City or LA, I can't remember. And like they're, the usher is staring in and watching them play the song and then this guy comes in with a couple policemen and he's like, we're here to shut this place down. Did you hear me? Are you insane? And the guy's like, they're trying to pull him away from the door. He's like, no, no! And then the, the whatever fire marshal or whoever he is pulls open the door and it's cut in such a way that it's supposed to be like the entire audience turned into zombies or monsters or something like that because that is what Black Roses does to you when you listen to it. But it's three guys. <laughs> <laughs> three guys and a fog machine. That's great. Uh, yeah, anyway, the, that's... this tri- Trick or Treats de- definitely didn't have as many rubber suits as Black Roses. <laughs> well, okay, no, so I'm going to no. send you guys something real quick and you can look at it. And this is uh, essentially what I'll be posting on the Facebook page. But tell me how baffling this is, is that the back of the DVD for Trick or Treat has this picture of the special effects guy working one of the, one of the fucking effects. Like, that's... I mean, cars. What the hell? <laughs> and also, they picked the Sammy car where he grabs the, 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 the principal out of the TV that was the worst effect of the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> but like, look at the like that creature. I think is in thirty seconds of a shot, maybe the entire movie. Uh, more like a thirtieth of a second. <laughs> like, of a yeah, they, really, they really, that was a that was a fast cut that they used on that because <laughs> I don't. I barely even remember it, and I just watched this movie two days ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this is. I don't remember most... exactly when the movie where it happened. I was gonna say this they, is during the ghost sex scene. <laughs> They, oh my god, yeah. believe me, we are going to talk about ghost sex on this episode in great detail. I, I, th- I think that we're at the 20 minute mark. We're ready to talk about ghost sex. We should go nuts. I, I am absolutely up for that. I just want to point out that the last line on the back of this DVD case says, It's life and death, and he must draw the line to, to thwart this mission. And they misspelled thwart on the back of the DVD. <laughs> He was actually supposed to bake cake, but he made a tort instead. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that word is or how you would pronounce it in English, but great job, guys. <laughs> they, they absolutely did. Holy shit. Matt, Matt, truth or dare, did you write the copy for the back of that TV? Holy shit. <laughs> So this is the trick or treat notes. Um, a lot of the opening of this movie is really homoerotic. Like <laughs> this, this is this is gayer than Top Gun. Like this is really like he. It's like all all these guys hanging out naked in the locker room, and then they slowly pull off his towel and slowly push him out the door. And Eddie is like really presenting his asshole to it like he's making no real effort to cover up or anything um i hope we got paid extra that day (laughs) yeah let's hope so like there's a lot of really unattractive people in this high school um (laughs) that's what's so good about this movie though because it's realistic all right (laughs) 
Uh, it's it's even more realistic than all the high schoolers in Black Roses because they all look like they're fucking twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. At least they got young looking actors in it. Like this uh, yeah. Black Roses was worse than like Melrose Place. Her, I don't know. What are the nineties shows that had like really old Buffy? people in them? Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. Yeah, there we go. What what is Melrose Place? I don't. I don't even, know. I think uh, it was like a soap opera that played on Monday morning or uh, Monday evenings on Fox. Well. You guys can revoke my 90s kid card, I guess. Um, so, They're 90s kids, not 90s middle-aged people. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So uh, Gene Simmons was apparently young once because he doesn't look like a, a grizzled old troll in this movie. He apparently yeah, This is also down. 1986 or something like that. He was like middle-aged by this yeah. point, I feel sure. I was going to say, because Kiss it's was popular in like the early early to mid-70s, so it's been a good 10 to 15 years of Kiss history right yeah. there. And history. Why, why didn't they have Paul Stanley as the guy that gets murdered? I would have been much happier. He would have been like, people! <laughs> uh, well, I, regardless, I, I for once in my life, I can actually understand like why Gene Simmons used to get laid so much. <laughs> Because he, he looked like a smooth motherfucker in this movie. Well, he was offered the option to play the main character, like the, the Sammy character, and he was like, nah, the script's not that good, but I'll be the <laughs> DJ. <laughs> Between this pool party scene and the scene at the end of It Follows, I don't ever want another indoor pool scene in any of my movies. Never again. They're- Although we do get the amazing line, do you got ears, dildo? In this part of the movie, like I make people... sure it's a message, you guys. That so we didn't forget to say it here. Yeah, oh, as if I wasn't going to make a note of that. Um... <laughs> you know, I you know how for, Scott, I'm... how Scott, you know how Adam's always skipping over references to dildos when he's doing his movie reviews. <laughs> Another quote: Doesn't it get tough maintaining that level of creepiness? That's a question for Justin, who picked this movie. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're on the kill list. Sorry. I mean, I hope you get a couple more podcasts before you get fucking murdered. Uh, I'm, am I going to come home and find a fucking cassette tape with a little love note attached to it on the, on the front of my locker? Be like, Dude, you're going to get a brooch out from a ghost and then your ears are going to get burnt off. Listen to this when you're alone. Um, okay. <laughs> Eddie it wants to nail the jocks. He doesn't know how, he doesn't know when, but he's going to hold him down. He's going to fucking nail him. Nail him! <laughs> like he said it so many times throughout this movie. And uh, I, I I was having a really hard time hearing what the hell the demon was, the, the ghost or whatever was saying in the record. I, I couldn't understand for the longest time like what the hell was coming out of that record whenever he played it backwards. It just sounded like jumbled like just jumbled mess to me I, I couldn't get it but uh he he this then the scene happens where he goes to the school he meticulously moves buckets of of soapy water and puts chairs in certain places and then like he the knows bullies. he's gonna run away it, it, exactly and then he leads the bullies on this chase and they like Whoa, like there's like a crazy improvised slip and slide, which was hilarious, by the way. Because that one guy went right through the doors and over, like he like ramped a set of stairs, and I was like, oh yes, like, that's so good. But then he get, he gets oh he gets home, and he goes, I did what the record said, and and everything worked out. And I'm like, that's what you got from like. You're like, yeah, okay. And where else should I put the the table? I should okay. Well, then I'm going to take a quick left. 
right i'll get a bucket of water i'll put it right there (laughs) what the hell anyways all i could think about the whole time i was watching this i had uh eva net stuck in my head nice and then and then i wrote the note i wrote that down and i i phonetically spelt out eva net and I was like, oh, wow, I guess I could have just wrote join the Navy backwards. Like, why did, why did I phonetic, <laughs> phonetically spell that out? <laughs> so this is the uh, only, like, record of, of this recording in existence. Um, I better, you know, scratch the ever-loving shit out of it. <laughs> like, I, I have expected him to be like, three MCs and one DJ. <laughs> <laughs> This actually is the origin story of Mixmaster Mike. (laughs) (laughs) He was originally a DJ named Ragman. After all the kids in in that high school died, I had to move away and change my my name. Um, And and what was it? Neon? Was that the fucking name of Gene Simmons' DJ name? But his special names in this sucked. What was was Ozzy Osbourne? Was he like Christy McChurch or something? That would have been way too clever for this movie. <laughs> I I am pretty jealous of all the cool t-shirts that Eddie has in this movie. He's got a wicked collection of t-shirts. He sure did. Uh, yeah, anyways, so, uh, I, I guess it's the scene where he almost punctures the bully's face with that, like, equipment or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. the workshop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the bully's like, uh, this isn't over. Like, I won't forget this, Eddie. Through the sacrifice he made, we can't believe the price he paid for love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good, not as good as last week. Yeah. No, but no, I, no. but it's Phantom of the Paradise, so I instantly appreciate and like it. Yes, uh, <laughs> until less, until literally two nights ago, I had every intention of being beef for Halloween this year. I don't oh, think that, you? You, that would cr- create a singularity if you guys were both beef for Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, ragging on my style. Um, Sorry, well, and I didn't want to shave. That was my biggest thing. Oh, uh, true. I have <laughs> That's exactly beer. why I'm not in porn. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason. Um, so I, I was going to ask Scott how many posters of shirtless men he had in his room growing up, but he already answered that question. Uh, they were all in my closet. Just, yeah, where, where you spent most of high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have been very upset if you hadn't taken what I set up for you right then. Yeah, yeah. I well, I mean, low hanging fruit, right? Like I said, Eddie leaves a little love note uh, for Tim on on Tim's locker, and you know what's the first step of nailing a jock? You make him a romantic little little mixtape. A mixtape, yeah. <laughs> Dude, if I would have known that when I watched this the first time in high school, man, it would have been a lot different. <laughs> yep, we would have been out of that closet nailing jocks left and right. <laughs> So I, I, I'm confused as to what happens here, but I think that we watch the jock guy just not be able to get a boner and then get out of the car angrily and go, like, look off at the sunset for a bit. Is that what happened? Is that why he got out of the car? Is because he couldn't get up? I don't know, but I thought he was just, like, not into her. I don't know. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be into her either. She wasn't, uh... Like I said, they were very realistic Adam, Adam. with their beauty standards in this movie. <laughs> this is true, but Adam, didn't we just have a conversation about your standards? No, I don't have any standards. <laughs> <laughs> My standards range from ditch pigs to Matilda May. 
<laughs> all the cupboards are all between. So, Justin, you picked this movie because it had ghost sex, didn't you? I, I know uh, you did. He's got a – every time he suggests a movie from now on, it's going to be because of ghost sex. And if it isn't, we're not picking it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. You better, you better really get down to researching because I don't know if there's too many more. I, I, I like to believe that – you know how you can like search certain themes on IMDb? Like I, I hope that – Ghost sex is one of them. Ghost yeah. sex is a theme that you can search on on IMDb and just get a never-ending list of movies in which someone has sex with a ghost. Well, that'll help me figure out my picks. Yeah, we've discussed two. Yeah. We've discussed two of them, and I think the other ones are Ghostbusters and Ghost. Yep. So yeah, so far, scary, so far. scary movie. Go ahead. Yeah, scary, scary movie counts. Well, we, we yeah. should definitely dig deeper into this. Do some yep. significant research. <laughs> I got my Kleenex on one side and my hand lotion on the other. I'm ready for research. Yeah, over I here. think I think that's going to be Adam's first Geekscape article. <laughs> top ten, <laughs> top ten ghost sex scenes in film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll be his first and last because I do have some <laughs> standards over there. Uh, not much, but continue. So it appears that this girl gets pretty violently raped by by this demon in the back of this car. I got uh, I got a question. If Tim had listened to that, Tim is the jock's name, by the way. If would he, he had have listened, it, would he have gotten demon raped? Is that what the intention of giving that guy that tape was? Because that's fucking hardcore, man. Like, holy shit. It's like, well, I guess Eddie wouldn't have known what Yeah, well, Eddie was planning to nail him, so. (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah. He he was true to his word, man. He didn't know how at the time, but he figured it out. Yeah, that's an alternate name for this movie, Rape Tape, the tape that raped. Um, (laughs) Perfect double feature with Rape Squad, Act of Vengeance. A.K.A. Act of Vengeance. AKA trick or treat. So the jock shows up at Eddie's house and he's screaming Eddie's last name, which I, I believe is Weinbauer. Am I anybody? I am not sure. sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll go with it, whatever. It does, in fact, though, sound like he's just on the guy's front front lawn screaming white power over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> like, white power, what did you do to her? She's in the hospital, white power. Which, we're actually going to go with that. Here's my question. If you're Tim, and you were literally in the car with this girl, and you walk away for, what, like five minutes? Maybe, tops? And then a girl's just passed out in the back seat. Like, why would you just immediately assume Eddie? Like, I know she was listening to the tape. That seems like a pretty dramatic logic leap. Yeah, I don't think that's the most. I don't think that's the biggest leap of this movie. Like, I don't don't even be bothered by that. Just get on with your life. Yeah. So, uh, I guess this movie would technically fall under the category of death by stereo. A lot of death by going on in this movie. (laughs) Yes. That might also tie into one of my movies that I watched this week. All right. So at this point, uh, the demon has a big ass freak out where he's like, you know, shaking, <laughs> shaking shit up in, uh, in the room and like making the stereo all, all rattle and stuff, which in the end leads to nothing except knocking over that can of Pepsi and making it pour onto the onto the record, which like soaked it up. Which I I mean that just leads me to think that. All he wanted was one Just Pepsi, one Pepsi. Eddie wouldn't give it to him. You know, <laughs> he went to your learning institution. <laughs> that's a pretty sweet, that's a pretty sick reference, bro. 
Thanks, bro. Everybody knows my references are off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> off, the, off the hook, off the charts, whatever it is. I haven't seen that movie. That's kind of a double whammy as far as references go because not only is a Suicidal Tendencies reference, it is also a Limp Biscuit reference. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just keep, back to the night. Uh, man, you know what? I take these references and I just keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you didn't just do them all for the nookie? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do these all for the nookie. You guys are making me want to break Somebody stuff. stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure you break stuff all on your own, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this time I'm going to pack a motherfucking chainsaw. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we know so many biscuits lyrics? Because they were awesome for a couple days. No. <laughs> no. They're about as real as a $3 bill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't ever let my wife know that I ever quoted Limp Biscuit, and I was like, "Cycle female blowing up the phone line." <laughs> oh shit! That first album was so good. <laughs> no, it's really not at all. Stop saying that. God, I thought really. I knew you. Is so it terrible. Took, it took some it's time terrible. to put my love into you. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta have faith. <laughs> we I actually get back do like notes. that cover. <laughs> That one, it's, uh, it's, like, it's way <laughs> better. It's way better than that Who cover that they did later on. Oh, the Behind Blue Eyes or whatever? Oh, yeah. Wes Borland was the thing that oh. kept that band listenable. Then he yeah, walked- yeah. Actually, and, didn't, and he had that, like, side project, Duke Lion, Vice of Terror or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Big Dumb uh, big, Face. Big Dumb Face. <laughs> Uh, it was actually pretty entertaining. So yeah, Wes Brown's a pretty solid guitar player, but man, I appreciate that he terrible. left a band that was arguably at the peak of their career to do big dumb face. Like, there's something <laughs> really entertaining about that to me. Yeah, because it's gone, so it's like what you want to do. <laughs> um, to okay, so we, we finally see the the ghost demon guy, and um, at this I point, mean, he I hasn't didn't... killed anyone. Yeah, no, he hasn't. For 50 he's... minutes into this movie, and he's killed no one. <laughs> he, he's raped a girl into well, a coma, he... and that's it. Yeah, but like, yeah. there was no body count. I was like waiting for it. Because it's like, I don't remember him killing very many people, but we're almost at the end of this movie, and nobody's dead yet. I, I it's weird to see Tim Burton in an acting role, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be for real so, here. Tim Burton does not sound that manly at any point in his entire life. It's weird that this guy went through all this trouble to just come back and clearly not even actually sing live on that stage. Like, the worst <laughs> lip-syncing. <laughs> it's all, it's off time and just awful. Oh. That was probably the drummer's fault. Always blame the drummer. How mad oh, do you ahead. think Neil Gaiman is that he stole his haircut? Feels like Sammy's plan is lacking. Like, he's put together this whole scheme to get vengeance on a bunch of high school students because he got bullied when he was in high school 20 years earlier like it's a very it's it's not really a good plan of vengeance as far as i can tell he's pulling a freddy and he's like enacting vengeance by killing children of the people that bullied him but i like ugh. that must be what it is because yeah sammy kerr is like 39 when he dies and he, he looks every every day of 39 when you get a close-up <laughs> of him god damn <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll is not kind. Yeah. So there's uh there's just lightning bolts going off all over the way, all over the place. So twelve and people die in that I, scene. minimum twelve people die in that scene. I started to keep count. Well, I know for a fact that one person dies, and that's the drummer. He gets totally spinal tapped in this movie. 
It just explodes in his seat. He's gone. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't pick up on that. He was going through radio waves. I thought he was just going through electricity. He um, was. Would, their, their storytelling sucks. Don't even worry about it. Well, did they ever actively say that it was radio waves? Because it was. He was coming out of like wall sockets and shit. There was that one scene where he like killed somebody by jamming his finger into a wall socket and like transferring the electricity to them. I was like, what the. What is going on? Why does he just have these wacky electricity powers hey, now? Like He's got a higher body count than the electrical gremlin. And I mean, obviously, when it all comes down to it, his greatest weakness is toilet water. <laughs> because, Dude, yeah, this is the was... best thing about this movie. Like, she's like, oh, he's getting out of the toilet. Better flush it. Like, yep, that'll keep him in there. Oh, man. I mean, it just harkens back to his biggest failure of all the recordings that he did as Sammy Kerr, uh, Shark Sandwich, which obviously the critics panned and made a two-word review, Shit Sandwich. Okay, Roger. Calm down over there. Um, also, I, I also I don't think that uh, Eddie's last name can be White Power because he's friends with Roger, who's like the most stereotypically Jewish character I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Just like in every respect, very Jewish suburban kid, and um, uh, and much yeah, like and much like, Night of, and much like Night of the Creeps, I was really sad to see the friend die. Sort of. Yeah. Wait, is well, he die? Nah, he's he, like I'm he, dead. Yeah, he's not dead, but there was a second where I thought he was, and I'm like, no, not Roger. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, it's because you see yourself in those weirdo shoes. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm, I'm not the protagonist. I'm the nerdy friend. <laughs> I, I'm very, yeah, I'm very self-aware of where I am in <laughs> in the movie that I am not starring. <laughs> well, if if the movie we're in is uh, is Trick or Treat, I think we're living Scott's life. If anything, no, we're living my dream. If we're living in the movie Trick or Treat, we have a good chance of survival because there's not a very high body count. No, no, only the assholes and the people that were just random bystanders would die. So basically, like. Adam. No, 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 no. Nobody that has any speaking lines dies in this movie. Do you realize that? Except for Sammy. Nobody that has any has any what? Speaking lines. Oh yeah. Oh really? Nobody dies that has a name or speaking lines. If if I'm, I mean, because everybody that got killed in that scene in the, I, I mean, I guess technically uh, Gene Simmons' character gets killed, and I think Ozzy Osbourne's character is like implied that it's murdered, and so is the principal. But is Sammy Kerr really able to go through a TV? If so, like, how are people not putting together that these people are randomly getting mutilated while they're on a TV show? Or is like a hand coming through the TV or through the through the uh, camera that's that's filming them? These are all questions that really don't need to be answered. So we're just gonna go with the concept that Sammy really only killed the kids at. The his little shitty concert where he only played three quarters of a song and then did the worst guitar solo of 1986. Murdered a bunch of kids. Uh, actually, I think he just teleported them to his own sex dungeon for more ghost sex. <laughs> and then he dies himself. So really, nobody dies that had any speaking line. Would you ever see Sammy Kerr live? Because based on the little bit of live footage that they showed at the beginning of the movie, I would not. Like, I would like, much rather go see Black Roses. Yeah, like he's like cutting off a snake's head and like just spraying the blood all over him and stuff. That's that's a little much for me. <laughs> also, I have really shitty tattoos. Did you notice the tattoos? Because I'm pretty sure whoever played Sammy Kerr, those were like his real tattoos. And one was like a total scratcher tattoo on his breast that looks like a, a shitty demon head. Ugh, it's bad. 
91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. All right, so uh, let's talk about what we watched this week. Anybody have something good enough that they think they should go last? No, no, no. I want you to go last because you've been keeping us in suspense so damn long. All right. I'll go first. I have a couple things that I just want to bullet point. I don't really want to discuss them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I uh, I can found stuff that she'd watch with me, horror stuff. Uh, We've been watching Scream Queens. Guys, you should watch it so we can discuss it in a couple weeks. Uh, It's really fun. It's very meta. If you can work your way through the first episode, which kind of sucks... The rest of them have been good so far. A lot of throwbacks, a lot of famous tropes, a lot of really good jokes. Uh, watch the first episode of the new season of The Flash. Lots of feels. Love that show. On your Matt, your suggestion, I watched Full Moon's release from 1996, I believe, called Hideous. Oof. And it was a total waste of time, so thanks for that. I told you um, that there was only one scene that was worth watching. What scene was that? It was a little weird creature sucking on a titty. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, actually, that was the worst scene in the movie, so <laughs> I hated it. It was so disturbing because she liked it. Yeah. Because she's, like, half asleep, and she's like, ooh, this feels great. And then she's like, ah! I would not want. I would not wish that on my enemies. But then I watched Deathgasm, which is a recent New Zealand film that's uh, just been released in a select theaters. It's basically like a full length Todd and the Book of Pure Evil with fewer jokes and less good music. So I mean, I think I would like it a lot better if. I hadn't seen Todd in the Book of Pure Evil because we're talking about metal exploitation and metal and horror together. we got to mention Todd in the Book of Pure Evil because it's pretty much the epitome of like what all these movies from the 80s were trying to do. And it's just the best. Like We've yeah. discussed that oh, there's, in horror. There's no way that the creators of Todd in the Book of Pure Evil didn't at least somewhat think of Trick or Treat at one point or another when designing the character of Eddie. Because they kind of look similar, especially in the opening scene where he's, like, awkwardly standing at his locker waving to the girl that's, like, completely out of his league type deal. Like, that, that like, quick little scene in the introduction of Eddie, I'm like, that reminds me so much of Todd in the Book of Pure Evil for some reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did want to mention, and you guys know this, but I rewatched Friday the 13th, The New Blood, Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan, and Friday the 13th, or Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. They are all the worst movies ever. Uh, Actually, I did not realize this, but Jason Goes to Hell is Puppet Master sequel level retarded. Like, it is, (laughs) it makes no sense. It is the worst sequel possible. Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) I like that way more. That's the than one where like the, it's the one where people are just like eating the heart of Jason and like getting possessed. It is the worst right, right. of the movies, it, and that's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's worse than New Blood with the random Firestarter type character. No, the worst is definitely Jason Goes to Hell because here are the things that happen in that movie. Jason gets blown up, but his heart gets eaten by a dude and then spewed into people. And then when they decapitate one person, a little baby demon about the size of the monster and hideous crawls out of the guy's severed neck and tries. And then 
Oh, I'm sorry. That thing goes up into the vagina of Jake's sister, and then Jason comes back out looking just like he did at the beginning of the movie. And then an alien, uh, a UFO, shoots white rays down into Jason, and the thing from Fantastic Four's hands come out of the ground and pull Jason down into hell. That's that movie in a nutshell. So, Adam, See, but when did you that say it not all fast sound like the greatest like thing that, ever? It, it sounds amazing. It sounds really <laughs> damn it, damn it. <laughs> there is not a single thing that you said that would make me not want to rewatch Jason Goes to Hell Listen, right now. <laughs> everything I just said makes that movie sound so much better than it actually is. I would rather get, I don't know, I'd rather sit on Ponzi sticks than watch that movie again. It well, like so I said, bad. my recommendations for you were part five and part six. Uh, Jason Lives and Five Dude, I, I'll watch beginning. Jason 6 any day. Yeah, it's great. Like I said, the only thing I like in Jason Takes Manhattan is I kind of dig the opening theme for some reason, but otherwise that movie's kind of garbage. <laughs> All right, so Adam, that's all I have. Well, um, I, I only have two things, and one of them is a bit of audience participation. So would we be able to watch a YouTube video right now and still, and would I be able to capture your guys' uh, reaction. I, I, I'm fine with giving this a shot, and if it doesn't work, we can edit it. Have you guys ever heard of 1986's Spookies? Yes! Yeah? It's fantastically terrible. Are Is you talking about Matt, have you... Woman? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen it, though. Okay, I need you to look up the trailer for it, and we're going <laughs> to capture the audio of you watching this trailer, because this is... <laughs> This is the craziest shit I've ever I think seen. The, I think we need to discuss in like a month. Seriously. It yeah, is because it's like, so bad shit crazy, we could have a great episode. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you can just say for the entire movie. This is without a doubt. The most confusing trailer I've ever watched of a movie. And the trailer, the, the movie isn't less confusing either. Like, they didn't just um, stitch it together to make it confusing or anything like that. <laughs> it really, nothing happens that makes any sense. It's kind of like they take the idea from the, from the start of Ghoulies uh, and just go weird funhouse waxwork on it and it's just it is a mess it is a mess of a film a good sign uh for me is that the recommended trailers as i'm sitting here watching this on the side of youtube are for life force and terror vision <laughs> and, <laughs> well yep and arena which i i you know one of my favorite movies that is yet to make it to dvd uh, the masterpiece that is Arena. Wait, is Arena the one where you, the the aliens and the humans are fighting or whatever? Yeah, it's Rocky distance? in outer space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, that that is on a DVD because I bought a four pack one time and that came on it. Oh yeah, I know it. You're right. I did see that that is available only on a four pack, and I keep considering buying that four pack just because of how much I love Arena. Anyways, the the other thing that I I watched I watched um, The Martian, that new movie. Ooh, don't tell me about it. Megan and I are going to go see it this weekend. Okay, it was good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, I, I dropped two hints of things that I watched this week so far through this episode. First one, Lost Boys, Lost Boys was one of them uh, because I was at a, a masquerade on Saturday and somehow it came up during the party because it was just at like a friend's house that seven of the nine people at this party had never even heard of the Lost Boys. Uh, so we immediately threw on the Lost Boys. 
And uh, I still really, really like that movie. Like, a lot. I, I uh, think that yeah. that movie is still just fucking super fun, and I look forward to in like a couple years from now when we're like, hey, let's just do a movie that everybody's seen and, and go for Lost Boys because that is just a fun movie. Like, there's nothing else to say about it. I fucking love that movie. The it other... was kind of you to introduce Sexy Sax Man into all those people's lives. Exactly. The <laughs> other thing I watched, I, I posted it on the, the Horror Club page maybe a week or two ago, is my favorite short film of all time called Das Clown. It is... I don't even know what the hell. Like, why do you? Why are you so obsessed with clown movies? Well, this was this was from when I was in high school, and I took my uh, and I, I signed up for the high school film class. They the teacher just taped like AFI or uh, not AFI uh, IFC was. Doing... I was about to get really excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, IFC did like a night of short films, and he just taped it because we were going to do a short film for one of our projects. And he's like, we'll just watch a variety of short films so you guys can see, like, all the different types of shorts that there are. And out of nowhere, like, there's all these artsy-fartsy shorts. And then just out of nowhere is fucking Das Clown. And the whole short is a slideshow. Like, the entire thing's presented as, like, a book-on-tape slideshow from, like, the 50s that you would watch in class. And it's the story of an old man who runs an antique shop and his favorite antique is a clown named Bubbles the Clown and one day he finds a book called Das Clown and when he reads it, the clown comes to life. But like the whole thing is narrated by John Popper of Blues Traveler. <laughs> and it's, what? Yeah, and it's all done like a book on tape so there'd be like these weird lines of dialogue that I love where it'd just be like, Das Clown, I believe that's German for the clown said Mr. Willikers. <laughs> it's just this absurdity. It's just six minutes of the most insane shit you can imagine happening. And every time you think you know where the short's going, it takes another cool twist. So definitely check it out. It's a good view. But I had to mention this, because at Weird Ass Movie Night last week, we watched what I consider the greatest heavy metal horror film of all time, Motherfucking Rock and Roll Nightmare. <laughs> Again? Yeah! <laughs> That shit. How many times you watched that this year? At least twice this year. Possibly three times if I pick it before December. Uh (laughs) um, Rock and Roll Nightmare. uh, That's another one that we were fucking talking about one of these days on this goddamn show. But uh, uh, I know you've seen it, Scott. Adam, have you seen Rock and Roll Nightmare? Um, I feel like you've told me about this maybe. What, what is the general plot outline of it? A heavy, I can't explain it. A heavy metal band. You can't explain it. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but the simple version is a heavy metal band goes to record their next album in a haunted house. But uh, <laughs> the the reason why Rock and Roll Nightmare is amazing is because in the middle of the movie, it just stops being about that for no explainable reason. <laughs> like, it just suddenly is a different movie halfway through. <laughs> But the songs are fucking they, badass. <laughs> I can't. T- I can't tell you anything more. All I can say is that Rock and Roll Nightmares twist is comparable only to Sleepaway Camp, and it's out of left field bat shittery. Let's just say it's like it owes a lot to Crawl. Yes, and you know how great Crawl is. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> one one for the for the record books. Um, all right. Well, I look forward to going into that one blind too. Then. <laughs> All right, well, that was Trick or Treat from 1986. 
don't forget that you can always send us an email and tell us some movies that you want us to watch. We've gotten a good list that's growing, and I'm very much looking forward to discussing some of these films. That email is hmnpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can hit up the Facebook page. We're always keeping active up there. There's A lot of people are actually participating. It's cool when you see like other people posting on the wall. Uh, that one dude shared that link to go on a tour of Camp Crystal Lake, for example. And the one dude shared his fucking awesome artwork of beef from, from Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so next week we will be discussing Poltergeist 3, which, I mean, uh... I, know, I know everyone is super excited for this one. So check it out <laughs> next week when we talk about Poltergeist 3. And don't forget to send us an email and let us know what types of movies you would like to see us watch and review in the future at hmnpodcast at gmail.com Sorry, are we all just being quiet at once? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you got your bumper, Matt. (laughs) 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 